This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Hey everyone, welcome to Health Yeah, your prescription for clear, concise medical health and wellness information. I'm Monica Robbins. You know, we have been talking a lot about clinical trials and the need for diversity in them. And it's such an incredibly important issue that our medical centers are taking a very, very close look at it. So we're going to be discussing what we what we can do about it. What's the answer? How do we get more people involved? And so joining me to talk about this is Jalise Little, Little John Thomas, who is a community outreach coordinator for University Hospitals Clinical Research Center. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Monica. It's a pleasure. So tell me exactly what you do in your job. I serve two populations. So we have our physician scientists, our researchers, the people who are spending their limited spare time developing protocols to ensure that we have innovation in medicine and science. And then on the other side of it, we have to have people who are willing to participate in our clinical research studies and trials. So there is a lot of patient education and awareness work that I do. Pre-COVID, we were sitting in waiting rooms and lobbies of our community hospital and ambulatory sites, having one-on-one conversations with these amazing people who walk through our doors and seek our care. We just have an amazing opportunity right now to explore what it looks like and what it means to be a part of innovation in medicine and science. COVID, uh, it is top of mind for everyone, of course, and we have seen in real time the importance of being a part of clinical trials because without this research, so many more lives would have been impacted. And especially on the diversity front, being a person of color, being a woman and belonging to many different classes and uh, special populations, I see this as an amazing opportunity to be a part of progress. A traditional clinical trial these days, what is it made up of right now? Right now, according to a recently published report from the Food and Drug Administration, we have about 7% participation from our black community and about 13% from our Latinx community. And then from there, the percentages are just negligible. So we have a lot of work to do, but it's an opportunity, it's a growth opportunity for us to really understand what goes on in people's minds when they think about clinical research. If they're not thinking about it at all, how can we raise that awareness and address history? We know the experiences that people have had historically with the healthcare system, with clinical research, but during those times, we did not have the protections in place that we have now. So it's about having those conversations with people about what the protections are, what the risks and benefits are, and what the consequences are if we do not have diverse representation in clinical trials. Yeah, that's something I think a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, when you have a clinical trial that is skewing 80% Caucasian and, and male, that doesn't necessarily mean that drug is going to work in a person of color or a a female. Can you explain the dangers of not having diversity in clinical trials? One of the founding tenets of clinical research is that when physician scientists and researchers are publishing these results, the results must be generalizable. And right now, we really can't say that the risks and benefits are being assessed across all populations who may be prescribed a drug treatment biologic. And that is something in healthcare that you know, we're designing for value. So what value are we really providing if we are not being inclusive in that aspect? And yes, it does take extra work. It takes extra time and conversations that are going to be tough in some circumstances. But just because someone who belongs to one of these underserved communities 
constantly says, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to learn more. That doesn't mean that you don't give them that opportunity to say no, because one day someone will say yes. And that could change the trajectory for their entire generations to come in their family. And, you know, there's just so many examples of patients who I've heard that from where they've said, yeah, I had the conversation with my mom. I was diagnosed with diabetes. I enrolled at a clinical trial. And now my family thinks differently about clinical research and they want to be a part of it. So I, I think it's a great way to be a health activist as well. I hear that a lot, that I don't I don't want to be a guinea pig, but the benefits of being part of a clinical trial are really very, very different today because you're monitored more closely. Can you explain that? Clinical trials are investigational. There are no promises that it will make your particular case or condition better or worse. It's just that you are essentially being a part of discovery, the investigative process. So in terms of the benefits, let's look at it from an altruistic point of view. By you dedicating your time and your body to whatever is being studied, you are advancing medicine and science, hopefully for yourself. But again, it's investigational, no promises. But definitely for the future, you're informing standard of care, whether or not a drug should or should not be on the market. And that alone should just give you a sense of fulfillment and pride that you're not only potentially helping yourself, but you're definitely helping the world. We already know that African-Americans are being more heavily impacted by COVID, diabetes, heart disease. There are so many illnesses out there, but there's so little research. If someone is dealing with an illness that is essentially a health disparity, uh, their population is more disproportionately impacted by it, then they should be very concerned about the lack of research that's being done especially if they belong to a certain race or ethnicity, because we do respond differently to different drugs. And it goes beyond race and ethnicity, of course, as I believe you had mentioned in the beginning, women, neurodiversity. I mean, there's just a whole class of things that we could dive into. But when you are con when you begin to be concerned about those things, that's when you take action. That's when you put on your health activist hat and you ask those questions about clinical research and trials, because one good thing about being involved in clinical research is that it's completely voluntary. So if you sign up for a study, you go through the informed consent process because it is a process that extends the length of your involvement in the trial, you can decline to participate if you feel that it is not in your best interest. I just really think that if we continue to have those conversations, that's what will put us on a path to really feeling empowered about our healthcare and feeling that we are being included and have the appropriate access and health equity experience that we all should. If somebody is interested in becoming part of a clinical trial, what do they need to do? Please call us at one 78 trial Talk to your primary care physician about clinical research. Don't be afraid to ask any questions that you either think you should know the answers to, because we don't expect you to come to the table being the know-all be-all. Each clinical research study and trial is different. There are different considerations and there are opportunities for healthy participants. So even if you don't fit any of the categories or conditions that are out there for trials and research, please feel free to still be a part of this journey of discovery with us. Some of these clinical trials, you can be compensated for your travel, that sort of thing. In terms of compensation, that would be addressed either on the recruitment flyer or in conversation with someone from the study team. The main driver of you being a part of the clinical research study or trial is to be a part of advancement in science and health to potentially benefit you and definitely to benefit the world. We all have an opportunity 
and a duty, arguably, to be a part of advancements in health, medicine, and science for everyone as we aim towards this goal of achieving health equity, and that is equal access to health care, high-quality health care that is available at a low cost, we can contribute to advancements in that by asking the question, having the conversation, and not being afraid to sign up. Great points. Thank you so much for discussing this with me and providing your insight. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Monica. So after talking to Jalice about the importance of having minorities in clinical trials, I wanted to talk to somebody who was involved, and I found Rochelle Long. She's not just involved in one, but nearly half a dozen in the last 18 years. I've been involved with clinical trials almost 18 years. I started as a study partner to both my mother and her sister. They both had and have Alzheimer's. My mother is 13 years diagnosed. So I've been involved with clinical trials the whole time. I need to understand why. Four siblings and their mother all had the disease. The trial before this one, I found out that I have an ACOE4 gene. I got both, one for my father and one for my mother, which sent the flag back up. It reminded me that I actually had an uncle who passed on my dad's side with um, Alzheimer's. I'm a biracial child. My mother's white, my father's black. We're all taking Tylenol and ibuprofen and aspirin because somebody, somebody's D-I-E-S, entered a clinical trial and got the results that put the data there that says it works for us. If we don't get out there, then we won't know what will work. We can't sit back and wait for somebody else to do it because the disease is progressive and we've got to find a cure. We've got, it is, it's dehumanizing. It is a very dehumanizing disease. So it's, it's a passion of mine. Right now, all we can hope for is to get a drug that will help slow the progression down, but we don't have a cure. And what may work for you might not work for me. If we don't have the data, we don't, volunteer, then we never will. And you can't, you can't expect anything. One of the things I hear repeatedly from a lot of people, especially in the African-American community is I don't want to be a guinea pig. I don't want anybody uh, experimenting on me. From the 18 years of your participation in clinical trials, did you ever feel that? Or did you ever feel that there was something not so, not so right going on? Never, not one time. You know, I've, I've been blessed when the first doctor asked me if we would be willing, there was no question. The answer was yes. Where do you want me to sign up? From the very first trial, I brought the paperwork to my boss because I knew it was a commitment. And I shared with her, look, I'd like to do this because this is important to my family. You know, I got this coming and it wasn't a fear factor. It was, we need data. And it's not a guinea pig. You try new food, you get sick, you go to a hospital, you accept whatever drug they give you. But here is a disease that we can find out about, but we gotta have data. We gotta have history. Everything is not about taking a drug. It's about knowing what your history is. You know, sometimes all they need is information. I won't be here when my great-granddaughter 
is older, but I would sure like to know that it won't be around. It will be something we can take a drug for, that she doesn't have to suffer. As she watches my mother, I'm doing this for future generations, not just my own, because I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I would like to know why African-Americans are the most affected cultural group as much as I want to know why Asians aren't. Clinical trials are the key. Do you often encourage people to get involved? Anybody who will hear me. I sent out invitations. I take flyers. I post it at work. We know there's healthcare disparity. From your perspective, as taking part in a, in a clinical trial, do you feel like you're getting better medical care because you're being monitored more often? Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually, I've had a second set of eyes and attention medically that didn't cost me a dime. As a participant, now I get things checked every, depending on the study, three, six, nine, or 12 months. I think the first study I was in, I, I probably saw them once a month, every month. You can say no at any point. If you don't even try, there won't be anything for you to look back to. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Subscribe and find video podcasts on my YouTube channel, Monica Robbins. Until next time, have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.